Hey now, and welcome to Quantum Drive. I'm Rob. I'm Katie. And our ongoing mission is to discuss every episode of the Orville. Today we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 5, Priya, which was written by Seth MacFarlane and directed by Jonathan Frakes. Woohoo! Woo! Before we get into the episode, we have another review to Ooh. read. Whoa, sorry, that was very, I was very excited about it. <laughs> Remember that if you'd like us to read one of your reviews, all you need to do is go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, and then write a review below, and we will possibly read that review on the show. The one today comes in from Debin13, who starts off by saying, New favorite. I've listened to several Orville podcasts, and this one is quickly becoming my favorite. The hosts have a good rapport with each other, and they delve deeper into the themes of the show rather than just rehashing what happens on the episode they are reviewing. I'm looking forward to more episodes. That's amazing. That makes me so happy. Yeah. I'm just glad because we do talk about a lot of different things, and I'm just glad people are actually enjoying it. I'm just, I'm excited there's reviews. I'm super excited that people are writing reviews, and because podcasters get so little feedback on what they do, Mm -hmm. this is kind of like the best way to let us know how you feel about the show, which, of course, you all love. (laughs) I know, obviously, everybody loves this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, but no, thank you guys for writing reviews. I, I don't know. It makes me excited to hear them, especially before going into a new episode because yeah. it just like it gets me revved up and ready to go. Also, other ways to contact us if you'd like to, you can email quantum drive at thegeekgeneration.com. You can follow us on Twitter at quantum drive pod and you can join our discord to talk with us there at thegeekgeneration.com slash discord. Let's talk trivia what do you got katie okay so just jumping right into it if you notice when priya first gets on board and she's being examined by dr finn the uniform she's wearing is very similar to uniforms from star trek the next generation i picked up on that too it's like reverse Mm -hmm. colors yeah it looked like a jacket i would like that for real life yeah but i just i don't know if it was a subtle nod um especially and we'll talk about it in a minute but the director of the episode so mm. i just i thought that was pretty cool oh i didn't even put that together mhm i like that this episode features one of the smallest cast of the entire show with the main cast and steve yafet priya and the ship's computer and i didn't feel like it was a necessarily small cast either so they used mm-hmm. everyone very well yeah i look up the trivia before watching the episode and i still felt like it was a lot of people involved yeah. and it I think it worked really well. The beverages drunk by Mercer, Levesque, and Grayson at the officer's cocktail hour were in fact really alcoholic and were glasses of whiskey. Oh. I've always wondered that on shows, like, if it's actually alcohol, if it's water that's colored brown, like... I don't think that's the first instance of this either, because in the pilot, there was the fun fact that you brought Mm -hmm. up about Gordon having an actual beer, that's true. So if you work on the Oracle, apparently you can drink on the job. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> to simulate Gordon as being one-legged and hopping onto the bridge, actor Scott Grimes wore a large green sock over his amputated leg, and the sock was then green-screened out during digital processing. It looked real. Yeah. Oh, totally. How about this connection? They did a similar technique in Mad Max Fury Road for Charlize Theron <gasps> playing Furiosa, when she had a prosthetic arm. Mm-hmm. So she wore a green like cast type thing over it. I haven't seen that movie, but 
it is interesting because it's it's got Charlize Theron attached to it. So yeah. had to make the connection. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, according to Peter Macon, who plays Bordis, where Gordon is hopping onto the bridge, that scene took 15 to 20 takes due to the constant laughing. Like they, I think they broke character a lot, so it took a long time to film that. I can totally see that. He is great doing that thing. I like it even better when Alara drags him out and he's mm-hmm. like turning around and she's like trying to keep him going, but he's so mad. That would be so hard to hop around on one foot, like when you have to. Act. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I applaud him for that. He did a good job. Absolutely. This episode was written to take place after Krill, which is the next episode, but the order was swapped due to availability issues with Charlize Theron. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. They would totally work around her schedule. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's interesting because like so many, we've talked about it quite a bit, but so many episodes have been like switched around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think anything really interferes with this one. This one is a very standalone episode. Yeah. I thought this was interesting. While filming this episode, Jonathan Frakes, uh, who directed it, brought actor Brett Spiner to the set. And Spiner is best known for playing the character of Data on The Next Generation. I did not know that. That is lovely. (laughs) It's like kind of heartwarming. I love that they're all still friends. Yeah. And I love Data. So it just makes me that that fun fact just made me happy. So I had to share that one. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. This was interesting. So when you're watching the episode, you have to pay attention to this. Isaac severs Gordon's leg at the knee. However, when the the leg falls out of the ceiling, it's severed at the hip. Yes. And so when you read, like, I didn't know that going in. I would not have noticed unless I had looked this up. Mm-hmm. But it's very obvious, like, it's knee, but then it's like a full leg when it comes out of the ceiling. Yeah, if they tr- if they tried to reattach that leg instead of regenerating it, he would have had like two joints in his leg. Mm-hmm. Also, that's an interesting place that Isaac chose to hide the leg. <laughs> yeah. Dysonium is an important component of the power systems in the Union fleet. And the Orville's three spatial tensor coils, which are those pedal looking engines on the back of the, the ship the warp fins if you will the warp fins um and those are powered by high energy dysonium particles which is what uh, priya was technically quote unquote looking for or trying to mine for why she was on the asteroid yeah makes sense or the comet excuse me so the comet <laughs> um and the, there's only a couple guests for this episode we've already talked about it charlize theron who played seth mcfarland's love interest in a million ways to die in the, in the West, West, which was in the West, <laughs> which was the movie um, they both starred in. But she is now um, a guest star on The Orville, too. Yes. And apparently that was an easy booking. Mm-hmm. They knew each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this. I mean, I probably should have said this first, but Jonathan Frakes, who played Commander Will Riker on The Next Generation. Who's that? <laughs> just, you know, this guy. Um, he directed this episode. And I think that's amazing. He has he started off directing on TNG and Mm -hmm. has directed a ton of stuff since that show. And I didn't say this, but he also directed an episode of Star Trek Discovery. That's true. He did. Mm -hmm. But I I love that Jonathan Frakes is even involved with the Mm -hmm. Orville in any form or capacity. And so that was that was exciting when I saw his name come up on the screen, like directed by Jonathan Frakes. I was like, so that. Those are my fun facts. I don't know. I just, it, it's an interesting episode. I think it, it, there's a lot to unpack with this one. Oh, for sure. Let's hop right into it then. 
So we begin on the bridge with the crew watching the junior men scene from Seinfeld on the main viewer before trying to explain humor to Isaac. I liked this opening because if you think about like Star Trek, we got Mm -hmm. to see or even this show, (laughs) Star Trek and the show, uh, we get to see the adventures and in our brains we're like, yeah, this this is just adventure all the time. But Mm -hmm. most of their time is probably just cruising around space doing a whole lot of nothing. And this is what they fill their time with. Question. Like, okay, at my job, I don't think I'd be allowed to watch Seinfeld while on duty. True. But you could spin it that they're trying to teach Isaac something. So they're watching Seinfeld while working. Also true. I'm going to lose probably some friends here, but I never liked a Seinfeld. Oh, Mm-hmm. I enjoy Seinfeld quite a bit. But. So Isaac asking, like, how is this funny? I was like, that's me <laughs> like, when I watch Seinfeld. <laughs> but I, I did enjoy how they used it. And the fact that Isaac is like, how is it funny that a pastry is going into <laughs> this man's open body it, it's cavity? It's definitely not a prank happening in the no. show. Like, it's an accident. So I'm. I, it's a little odd that they chose that as the clip and then go from that as a launching point to talk about pranks. Mm hmm. I, by the way, hate pranks. Same. Just for any, yeah, pranks are just, they don't deserve to be in this world. Um, <laughs> but I i enjoyed, yeah, I, I thought it was a really nice opening. And I love the dynamic showing Isaac kind of learning more about the human race. And ha- it's, when you think about it, like we know inherently what humor is and like what pranks are. Mm-hmm. But like to see that explained to someone else and how actually difficult it is to explain that is, it's interesting to live through the characters that way reminds me of another fairly robotic character from another space-like show (laughs) oh i love data so much like i he's my favorite so i anything with robots in space shows Mm. i'm generally on board (laughs) (laughs) the orville receives a distress signal and when they arrive at its location detect a ship on the surface of a sun diver a term for a comet trapped in the gravitational pull of a star after hailing the mining ship they make contact with Prelevesque, who says she's in trouble. Okay, I had a like I wrote this down. Mm-hmm. Did she put herself in jan- like danger just for this? Yes and no. So we find out later, and uh, they ask her about it too. They're like, "You did that to like mm-hmm. get our attention and all that stuff," and she's like, "Yeah, but I wasn't in any real danger. We're capable of things in the future that you get you are not yet." Okay, see that she had the teleportation, that kind of stuff. Sure. I was just thinking, like, at that point during the episode, I didn't know that. And I'm like, she would have just died if they were like, yeah, we won't save her. Yeah, right. You know, she's just caught on the sun diver. I guess this is what it's going to be. Apparently, she was in complete control of her fate in that Mm -hmm. moment. So, yeah. It makes sense later on in the episode. But I just remember watching it. I was like, did she just, like, put herself in that situation? And hope for the best. (laughs) And hope for the best. Like, I hope this works out. Yeah. Ruling out a tractor beam because the ship is partially embedded in the comet, Ed, Gordon, and Alara take a shuttle to rescue, despite the risk of getting sucked into the same gravitational pull. Uh, A thought I had here was, because they're taking the shuttle over, you have Ed and Gordon sitting in the two front chairs, and Alara Mm -hmm. is standing in the middle of them. Most of the episodes we've seen so far, that's the constant thing. There's six seats in the shuttle, but it's constantly the first two people using the first two chairs and then everyone else stands behind them. Now that you say that, that is 100% true. I wonder if it's because it has to be a cinematography thing because the chairs are like directly behind each other. So maybe 
there's just not enough line of sight. Like Alara could have been leaning. Yeah. So what? The, although in the scene where so they go pick her up, but when they come back, Priya mm-hmm. and Alara are sitting in the back chairs, like the the two middle ones, and they do a camera shot that's slightly downward. Oh. So now it's at an angle, so it's almost like stadium seating looking mm-hmm. at it. But I I don't know why they don't just do that more instead of having because it's one thing with Alara standing there, but if yeah. we think back to about a girl where they're going over the top of Mockless. Yeah. There's the two people in the front and then there's like three people standing behind them. That's excessive. Well, Dr. Finn was like talking about, oh, I, you know, this planet's so industrialized and stuff. Maybe it's because it's a better view. There there really aren't windows. <laughs> so maybe. maybe they just, it seems kind of dangerous because there are seat belts for a reason. <laughs> They do it in the uh, fourth episode as well when they're going from the Orville to the bio ship. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. Two people in the front and like three or four people standing behind them. I'm going to watch this every time they're in a shuttle now and see <laughs> if there's like a little a little audience right behind the first two people. It's very strange. It's a safety issue also. Yeah, like sit down. <laughs> Just sit down, buckle up, especially going to... A sun diver, you would think buckling up in that atmosphere would be important. (laughs) Yeah, very. Also, I want to say, like, they've almost died how many times now? Oh, man. So many. Oh, so many times. The shuttle docks and they get Priya out with 11 seconds remaining. The pole becomes too much for the shuttle's engines, but Lamar is able to grab them with a tractor beam and safely return them to the Orville. Moments later, Isaac arrives on the bridge with Mr. Potato Head pieces on him, and Gordon explains that it's a practical joke. Now it's Isaac's turn to get him back. Isaac still doesn't understand, but says he'll do his best. So they answered every question I had about that, like how Isaac didn't sense the Mm -hmm. Mr. Potato Head pieces on him and didn't see them as a danger. But it is interesting that that's a prank. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is a prank. It is. But Isaac wasn't aware of it being a prank. No, And I also find it odd that he would only sense dangers. Yeah. Like, wouldn't he sense, like, maybe they did, maybe he did sense that the pieces were attached to him, but they're, like, inert or they're just not. But you would think he would want to remove them. Maybe. But he doesn't care either. Yeah, that's true. Because for being an advanced AI, I was like, wouldn't he just be like, oh, there's these weird things on me. Let me just take them off before going to the bridge. I mean, then the comedic part is gone and it wouldn't be funny anymore. But so I get it. (laughs) But my brain works that way where I feel like Isaac probably would have sensed them and removed them before going to Mm. the bridge. But it provided a beautiful opportunity to explain that he'd been pranked. I knew right away this was going to be a problem when he was like, now you get me back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh. (laughs) Mercer is hosting a cocktail party in his quarters, and he and Priya bond over memories of growing up in Massachusetts. Kelly is noticeably jealous of their quick bond. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting, like the coincidence of they were in sick bay, and she's like, I could, Priya says, I could really use a drink. And he's like, oh man, I'm hosting a cocktail party tonight. I just thought that was interesting, but it, I I was trying to figure out because I was paying more attention, like, is Kelly jealous or is she trying to work out if she's suspicious of Priya but I think that there was definite like jealousy where they were talking about a very specific thing from Ed's childhood that she Priya can relate to and it's like the third wheel 
I feel like. I think the jealousy leads to the suspicion. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. It might have been there otherwise, but I think that definitely amped it up. Yeah. I, uh, being someone that is from Massachusetts as well, I've always enjoyed Seth MacFarlane's references to local stuff because I'm familiar mm-hmm. with all of it. Like he mentions those towns in the show and I know exactly what he's talking about. But it did propose an interesting question for me. So in About a Girl, there's the scene when Kelly is questioning Gordon and mm-hmm. she mentions that a few hundred years ago, the continents of Earth were divided into separate nation states with individual sovereign governments. That implies that this isn't the case anymore because that was a few hundred years ago. So I'm curious then what the current structure of Earth is and where Mm -hmm. Massachusetts falls in that hierarchy. It makes you wonder, like, maybe they're all independent states now. Maybe. Or countries. Maybe Massachusetts is its own country (laughs) in this universe. (laughs) Or they just like one massive Earth country and it's Mm -hmm. the United Earth states i don't i don't know (laughs) it could be but it was interesting because they're talking about the history of massachusetts which they clearly haven't forgotten in the very distant future yeah because they were alluding to the salem witch trials right they were talking about the museum but they mentioned that there's a hologram there so they've definitely Mm -hmm. updated the salem witch museum yeah more weight (laughs) (laughs) Priya goes back to Ed's quarters after the party to properly thank him for saving her life, including a quick peck on the cheek. Which, okay. <laughs> it's very forward. It is. Also, like, the fact that she just showed up at his quarters. I, I, my brain is like, he's the captain of the ship. Shouldn't he be a little bit more difficult to get to? Yeah, I think <laughs> that's what Kelly's also suggesting, too, though, is that mm-hmm. he's very, he's very off his game around her. Yeah. And it makes sense, but I just thought it was very forward of Priya to just kind oh, of show it is. up. I don't think it's out of character, though. No, it, it there's and I have thoughts later, okay. but <laughs> there's just stuff that I was like, huh, the kiss on the cheek just seemed very like she knew what she was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it was. <laughs> oh, yes, it was. In her office, Kelly runs a search on the Vega Mining Consortium logs for the name Priya Levesque, but no results are found. Ed is giving Priya a tour of the ship when Kelly pulls him aside to inform him of her findings, but he dismisses her suspicions. So I was picking apart. Why was Kelly looking up Priya? Jealousy. And it was, de- yeah, my, I wrote down, she's jealous. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, it's like the equivalent of looking someone up on Facebook. Totally. That, yeah, it's like, oh, so-and-so used to date this person. So you like look them up and you're like, uh, like it's like that type of thing. But in the future, and she's looking up her records. But she uncovered something that was, like, actually noteworthy. Yeah. I just, I yeah, so Kelly totally 1,000%. I think... Um, to use a dated reference, let me look up the Vega MySpace Consortium. Yeah. Going on MySpace to see, uh, to see if my uh, boyfriend's ex-girlfriend is there. And, uh, yeah, it's just that, that same thing. Yeah. But in the future and with mining <laughs> records. Another question for you. Uh, what was your opinion of Priya's visual presentation? Because like her outfits, like her outfits, her hairstyle. Okay, her hairstyle to me was very like okay. She cleaned up really well, really fast. True. I mean, it's sci-fi, so yeah, it worked out fine. <laughs> um, her hair was very modern, and I think that was supposed to. It was very modern compared to what the other crew had okay. going on with their hair. So I, it, to me, it stuck out as she was. 
not from this time or maybe not from this. She stood out on her own. Her outfits were interesting. They um the one with the wire at the cocktail party. Yeah, it was like a shirt with like wiring. Yeah. But I mean, I I appreciated it because I was like, it's future. It's very like couture, futuristic, high fashion. Yeah. But it made her stand out in a way that I think contrasted her to the rest of the cast. Okay. Though I did think like everybody at the cocktail party was like super dressed up. Yeah. And I I just remember in most shows whenever like the crew is taking a break, they unzip their jacket and they're casually relaxing. But this was a cocktail party. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. But it just it was interesting that Priya had so much time to prepare for this cocktail party. Although they could have all been replicated and stuff, all the clothes. But still, yeah. like going through something traumatic, I feel like you'd just be like, just give me a dress. It's fine. She bounced back real quick. Yeah, she bounced back real quick. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of her outfits? It's interesting that you analyze them in that way. And I'm like, they put her in the worst clothes that just didn't flatter her. Because my thinking was that they they constantly going through this episode like she's so attractive. She's so attractive. And then I feel like they put her in clothes that were not flattering to her and to like emphasize how attractive she is. Like even the hairstyle, I thought when they rescue her, why didn't she have that hairstyle the whole time? It looked way better. I will say the outfit she's wearing by the end, I really liked. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. That one was cool, but it was only after the big reveal. But everything else, I agree. It was like not ill-fitting. But it just maybe that it was just to make her like set her apart from everybody maybe. else. It was odd choices. In the Orville book that I have, they show some sketches of like her costume design, like early costume design. Mm-hmm. And what they ended up with is very similar to what they used in the show. Okay. But I wish I could show you guys. I'm showing Rob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are very similar. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So. The wire dress, I, I did notice, like, I noticed it. I noticed her outfits. Yeah, it stands out. They're they're odd, very, like, attention-grabbing outfits. Which makes sense. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, when you think, like, the on the episode as a whole, yeah. um, I will say, like, her haircut, it just reminded me of, like, very high fashion, okay. which is very, like, runway. I guess that's true. Like, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't wear it in real life, but you see it on a runway kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kelly goes to Alara with an unofficial request to search Priya's quarters. While uncomfortable with the request, she eventually agrees to help out. Alara finds a metal box under Priya's mattress, but Kelly's comm scanner is unable to penetrate it to detect what's inside. When Priya returns, Alara covers up their intrusion by saying that they were investigating a possible radiation leak. Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) I know you want to. Come on, Alara. I mean, she's a security officer. I will say... The reason I take issue with it is because Kelly was asking from a personal yeah. request versus an official request. And she knew better. Yeah. And I mean, Kelly's at fault for that, too. Oh, totally. But like the radiation, like I thought Priya handled it so well. Like I wouldn't have been suspicious of her at all. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, is everything OK? Like she's just totally fine. Like she played it real cool. But oh, man, I mean, come on. <laughs> I always get annoyed when somebody is caught doing something like that. They're like, oh, we should probably go. Like, you're there. Finish scanning. That's true. That would have sold it more. Like, oh, we're just doing a scan really quick. Like, yeah, it's too coincidental that you show up just as we finish. Mm-hmm. They do that on a lot of shows. They do. But I want them yeah. to, like, finish what they're doing. It's one thing if you're, like, in danger. Yeah. But here, there's no apparent danger from her. 
finish the scan. Yeah, I feel like it, if, so, if Kelly was even in the background, just like walking around with like a wand. Yeah. <laughs> looking for a radiation leak. Like really No, that's sell a good it. point. So yeah, Priya probably was like, oh, they're snooping around. If it were me and I got back to my room and people had been in the area where my secret like metal box was hiding, I'd look all around that area. And if anything looked out of place, I would know that they knew. Totally. Grayson reports their findings to the captain, who's furious that they would search someone's quarters without reasonable cause. When Alara leaves, Kelly tells Ed that she thinks he's operating irrationally concerning Priya. Before they can finish the argument, the ship is seemingly struck and they're called to the bridge. So there was a part two where Ed took Priya to the engineering room. Yes. And Kelly was also like, you shouldn't be taking her to like sensitive areas of the ship. Also, Steve and Yafit. There is so much sexual harassment from engineers. So much. <laughs> and like the captain's right there. I'm like, you should stop, stop. But um, one of the things that is interesting is, is it professional for Ed to be interested in Priya? Is it professional? Hmm. I mean, she's not a member of the crew. She's not a member of the union even that we know of. True. It just it's just so fast. Oh, it is. It is. And that's I think that's just for the story. They have to yeah. go at a certain pace. But I wouldn't say it's unprofessional. It's no yeah. different than like Picard and Vosh. True. This is an example of like why Kelly and Ed can have issues working together mm-hmm. because Ed's not trusting her opinion of Priya yeah. because he thinks it's jealousy driven, which in some ways it was. Yeah. But they did find weird stuff when they looked into they it. Did. It wasn't just a paranoia like, mm, I don't want you talking to my man. Like it was a, we found things that are weird and you're taking her to engineering where our ship, vital parts of our ship are. And yeah, I do think Ed was, you know, love struck. And so he was not focused on what he should have been. Although I did like that when she approached Alara with the same findings that Alara was like, yeah, mining consortiums keep bad records. We all know this. Like that's, it was the same write-off that Ed had. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder, though, because had they not searched her room, they really it would have just been paranoia from Kelly's perspective. True. But good on her for looking into it, even if it was jealousy-driven. <laughs> yeah. Well, just because just they were right, good mm-hmm. on her for looking into it. It would have been totally different had they found nothing. I really liked the line when Ed was like, did you read her diary too? And Kelly's like, we couldn't find yeah. it. <laughs> I, just, I really like that. <laughs> the quick retort. Mm-hmm. Isaac believes they're caught in a concentrated dark matter storm, which are rare. Priya arrives on the bridge and convinces them to flood space with neutralized axion particles, which makes the dark matter visible. Apparently, anybody has access to the bridge now, too? Uh, yeah. And also, first of all, the dark matter storm looked really yes, cool. Yes, it did. But... You know, Priya just showing up. I know what to do. And then she like laid it on so thick in that entire mm-hmm. scene. And it makes sense in retrospect. Hindsight is twenty twenty, sure. But I just I didn't in that situation. Ed had to make a call to let her kind of take over. But I just feel like anybody can come on the bridge. Priya could just show up, which means anyone on the ship could just show up. Granted, it doesn't seem like there's any way to keep people out. There's no doors going into the bridge i don't know if there's Mm -hmm. something blocking the stairs to get up there but it does seem very open my husband was really funny we were watching this and he's like wait did they remove the elevator to the bridge and i looked at him and he's like oh wait is that star trek (laughs) (laughs) and i was like yeah they they have stairs for this one they might have an elevator somewhere but i was like they have stairs but i just i just thought it was interesting because 
on Star Trek The Next Generation, you have to take the turbo, turbo lift. lift. Yeah. So there's no way to block off like security clearance. You can just go up that spiral staircase and be like, I'm on the bridge now. Yep. Totally open. So that's an interesting, that's a security issue. Just saying. But Priya utilized that <laughs> and just showed up on the bridge. So The dark matter is too much for Malloy to navigate through. With no other options, they surrender helm control to Priya, who successfully gets them clear of the storm. However, their communications array is damaged and will need repairs. Priya suggests that they go to a nearby mining outpost that's closer to their current location. Kelly isn't too happy with Ed allowing her to dictate their course. I agree with Kelly. I do, but I also don't think it's out of line because I, I no. it's it's one thing for Kelly to be suspicious. I totally get that. But she does seem to be acting a little bit out of line, especially like if if you're giving her helm control after Gordon's like, I can't. Yeah. Just let her do it then like or die. <laughs> to, yeah, that's don't true. Fight it there. And Kelly's also the one who jumps right away at like, oh, outpost 49 is like five days out of the way. So as a result, Ed suggests an alternate course of action. I don't think that's crazy. No, I think it was driven by the fact that Priya's like, she had a plan right away. And I think that suspicion probably was, she found a weird box in her room that can't be explained. Mm -hmm. And Ed's not listening to her. It was probably more of a defense mechanism. Like, are you going to let her just control the ship now? Essentially is what she's saying. Oh, yeah. She has an exaggerated view of everything Priya's doing right now. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, I kind of agree with Kelly because I'm like, yeah, you should only look into some things. Don't just do the first thing Priya says. Like, there might be other options. But since Ed's so, like, goo-goo eyes on Priya, I think that he's going, oh, I just trust her automatically. I do side with Ed in the sense that he has no reason not to trust her. Yeah. He really doesn't. But he's just looking through a different lens than Kelly is. Mm-hmm. I think they're both on the extremes. They are. And they, it would really be helpful if someone with a subjective or objective view was present to Isaac. <laughs> Isaac could just come in and be like, hey, guys, I mean, but Isaac was a part of all of it and he didn't seem to pick up on anything. Yeah. So it's interesting. Ed takes Priya into the environmental simulator to show her the scenery of Unuk 4. After a quick kiss, we cut to them in bed for some postcoital pillow talk. <laughs> I like that line. <laughs> Um, I just, I like how Ed's like, I gotta show you. Like, they just survived this dark matter storm. He's like, I want to show you something. Yeah, that's a little weird jump to go there. And then they're on a date. I Okay, I I think they do a great job with CGI on this show. Mm -hmm. But when they cut to like a head-on shot of both of them, it looks like such a green screen situation. <laughs> but the planet looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. I just, mm, Priya knows that Ed is interested in her. I just the comma ray was busted and Ed's like, let's go on a date in the simulator. It was a weird choice, but it does it does point out your extremes with Ed that mm -hmm. you were just mentioning. Uh, the thing that I found interesting, though, about when they're laying in bed is that Ed says the line to her after talking about the divorce and everything. He says, I haven't trusted anyone until now. She could have mm -hmm. really taken advantage of that moment. But instead, she has like a nervous smirk, like there's something honest yeah. and like a little bit regretful about her reaction there. I what I didn't like is Ed, you know, the first thing you don't do is talk about your ex. Oh, God. Date. Yeah. Come on. Now. <laughs> and, then he, and like they kiss and stuff. And he says, I want to take it slow. They clearly don't take it no. slow. <laughs> and it just it shows like, I think, the whirlwind of it. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, it is sad because like, you know that Priya shouldn't have been trusted. Yeah. And it is really sad because it like, Ed was married to his job. And so Kelly cheated on him. It's really sad. They they don't have what they used to have. But Ed's taking a chance on Priya. Mm-hmm. And it is really sad that, you know, that she's getting screwed over again. And she's taking advantage of him just completely. Yeah. But I think in that little moment there, she realizes like, oh, I didn't realize this guy had all that baggage and this is going to end up hurting him even more. Yeah. And I think that kind of comes back up a little bit at the end of the episode, too. Malloy wakes up in his quarters and upon leaving his bed, falls to the floor. Looking down, he screams when he realizes one of his legs is missing. He hops to the bridge to confront Isaac, who simply says, ha ha, got you. This was Isaac's attempt at a practical joke. Alara escorts Gordon to sickbay to regenerate the missing leg. I just like that he put him under anesthesia for the procedure. Yeah, right? Like, that is such a... Dra- I mean, I think the way that they did this whole storyline was perfect because Isaac doesn't understand jokes. Mm-hmm. He did something so incredibly drastic. And thank God there's a future where you can regenerate a leg. Right. I was curious how Gordon knew it was Isaac. Because that seems extreme for a practical joke. True. So the natural conclusion I would jump to, but I'm bumped, wouldn't necessarily be, oh, this was Isaac's retaliation. I'd be like, why the heck is my leg missing? Same. If if I woke up and my leg was amputated, I'd be crying on the floor in a a heap. I wouldn't automatically be like, oh, Isaac played a practical joke on me. Be like, are we still in the dark matter storm and some of it phased through the ship hull and like took my leg off? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, I just mm, that. See, I don't. This is why I don't like pranks, because some people take them too far. (laughs) Exactly. And Isaac took it too far. And what this should be, this episode is a PSA for why (laughs) pranks should never be played on anyone. (laughs) Ed receives a call from Chief Engineer Newton, who asks them to come to engineering as there's something strange in the navigational relays. It's the box that Kelly and Alara had found in Priya's quarters, but it can't be removed. I appreciated that they brought some artifact out, which is the diamond tip drill. Yes. And I, was, I, I thought that was kind of neat because uh, Ed shot it and it, Future Tech did not bust any mm-hmm. of it. But a diamond tip drill was the the way in, though it was so we saw Isaac's uh, amazing hacking yes. tendrils hacking again. tendrils. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, obviously he got blown back and short-circuited. Short-circuited, uh, overloaded. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know what term would work the best here. And I thought that was a really well-done scene because I didn't see that no, coming. not at all. Even though I've watched this episode before and this is my second time through, I totally forgot about that and it caught me again. I was like, oh my God, like, because you don't expect that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You expect him to hack it and everything's all fine, but it was a nice twist that they added. They confront Priya in her quarters, and she admits that she's actually a time traveler from the 29th century. She goes back in time and retrieves artifacts at the moment of their destruction to bring back to the buyers in the future. The Orville and its crew were supposed to be destroyed in that dark matter storm, but she saved the ship to bring back to her time. Using the box she planted, she's taken control of the ship to bring them to a temporal wormhole. Priya... The switch to her being so smug is so fast. It is. I was just like, damn. Like, and in my head, I was like, how do you like, she was obviously pretending for the whole time on the ship, but she was so smug. Yeah. Well, she knows that they can't stop her. It was almost pious. Like, I saved your lives. Like that kind of thing. So you should be grateful to me. See, I didn't get that as much. 
I got that because she was like saying you all you were all supposed to die. It was almost like she she was playing God and she thought she had a win, like a win win. Like I saved your lives. I didn't get the God angle as much, but I, I, I definitely <laughs> I definitely saw her perspective of you were going to die anyway. So mm-hmm. now you get to live and I get to sell the ship. That is a win win. I feel like it was the smugness that pushed it over for me where I was like, she she's confident in herself and she's like, I mm, like I saved your lives like you owe me. I'm God. Now. There was a little <laughs> bit of a you would all be dead without me type attitude. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I can see her point of view because from yeah. her side of things, they were supposed to die. The fact that Priya called out there Ed in her relationship i thought was really uncalled for like she was um thank you for the hospitality and i'm not just talking about the food that was like it just it yeah that was just kind of like a dirty move to me Mm -hmm. which you know i mean obviously kelly's there and so i mean alara had this whole time i feel like they're leading up to like oh she's got a crush on ed like or she has like a little schoolgirl crush on ed yeah Kelly's the ex-wife who obviously still has jealousy issues. Yep. And I know that it was because Priya's trying to manipulate that situation. Mm. But it just, it was like, it just, it was icky. It was icky. Yeah, I didn't care for that either. Yeah. that That's where I think the God complex kind of came in a little bit is okay. that she just felt like she was more smug than I feel like she should have been. I, I feel like she was playing the role of a con artist pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As they approach the wormhole, Priya teleports onto the bridge. Mercer pleads with her to take a shuttle and leave them here, but she insists that doing so would interfere with the timeline. She already interfered with the timeline. Exactly. Well, she did, but leaving them there would keep that timeline being messed with. If they're taken out of this time, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily mess with the timeline anymore. Their disappearance is still just as valid. Oh, it just... It's Priya's fault that they're in this predicament. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, they were supposed to be in that dark matter storm. They were supposed to die. She came back because she was, her motives were greedy. Like, Mm -hmm. she curates artifacts. (laughs) Interesting thought, though. Mm. Were they supposed to be in that dark matter storm, or is she lying? Oh, that's a good point. Consider this. If they don't go after the comet. Mm Mm-hmm. Are they delayed long (gasps) enough to pass through the dark matter storm? Or is that a result of going to (gasps) save Priya? No, it is because wasn't there a signal on the comet and it was Priya? Well, yeah. So they got delayed wherever they were going. Uh They got delayed (laughs) to go save Priya. Mm -hmm. So would they have hit the dark matter storm? Is it? Yes, we saw that. It's pretty vast. Yeah. But is it large enough to where they would have still passed through it? had they remained on their original course. I feel like that's a good point because, I mean, hmm. We don't know. Maybe this this is all Priya's fault, potentially, it and she's be. the one. Yeah, because when I was rewatching it in my head, I was like, maybe she created the Dark Matter Storm so that they would trust her. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, so like, she has future tech. Maybe she's the one who made that Dark Matter Storm happen or appear to happen. Because somehow the comma rays got knocked out and that was the only thing. She admits that she took the communication rays out. But that's what I mean, though. How did the rest of the ship not get damaged? Uh, The box navigated them out of the storm. 
I don't know. I that opens up a whole <laughs> can of worms. So <laughs> it is. It's an interesting thing to think about, though. Mm-hmm. The Orville enters the wormhole and exits the other side in the 29th century, where they encounter a Benzian ship, the apparent buyer. A message appears on Mercer's chair console that reads, Would you like a junior mint captain? Upon reading it, Ed goes to the helm and regains control of the Orville. They avoid a Benzian tractor beam and navigate back through the wormhole to their own time. What was interesting, well, first of all, the wormhole graphics looked really cool. Yeah, they did. That, that was, I really enjoyed that. I haven't seen a wormhole that's portrayed as like a spherical thing mm-hmm. before, as opposed to being like a window. I just thought it was a really neat way to showcase that. Yeah, I thought Because I hadn't cool. seen anything like that either. This, there was also a sweet moment between Gordon and Isaac in the sick bay yep. before Gordon was needed, which I did like because like, Gordon was pretty much telling Isaac he did a great job with his yeah. prank, <laughs> yeah. that it was pretty funny. I thought the aliens were really cool. I really enjoyed seeing a different variation on aliens in the future. Oh, the, the ship Benzians, was yeah. super awesome. Yeah. I just, this is where they, Priya and Kelly fought on the bridge too. Yes. Yeah. That happens very soon. This was a fun fact that I didn't include, but I saw when I was reading that um, the characters Kelly and Priya, they both actresses, didn't use stunt doubles at all for that. Like they wanted to do their own fighting. And the actress who plays Kelly said that the guys stayed on set to watch the fight. (laughs) That was just a little thing I read. But what I thought was interesting is that there was a bunch of people standing around and nobody was helping Kelly. That's true. Come on, Alara. Alara's standing in the background. Bordis is standing in the background, just literally watching. And there was a point where Alara grabs Priya. Yeah, but the fight's over. Yeah, the fight was over at that point. The, it was interesting because Isaac was is now in the ship's computer and able to help control. Yes. Yeah, that was a cool move. Mm-hmm. That would have taken some forethought as well. Like he must yeah. have transferred immediately upon detecting that there was going to be something that like shocked him. Yeah. Alara brings Priya to the brig and Isaac reveals that his algorithms were transferred to the ship's computer before the energy burst. Ed apologizes to Kelly and tells her he'll never make the mistake of not trusting her again. One of the things that I thought was interesting with Priya is that she still kind of wanted a relationship with Ed, too. Mm. And I was like, how? How? Like, how after everything would Ed even remotely be interested in keeping a relationship with her? It does reinforce that that part was actually a bit sincere, though. Yeah. And the thing is that, like, you have to trust your first officer and the fact that Ed just dismissed almost everything she said. Mm -hmm. The whole episode is based around trust. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so I I think they did a really nice job, like, weaving it through each storyline. Priya is brought to Mercer's office where he expresses his disappointment in both himself and her. She pleads one more time for Ed to take the Orville back with her. He tells her that if they destroy the wormhole... Any chance of them returning to her time gets destroyed as well. She'll have had no reason to travel back to see them, and her and Ed will have never met. Ed orders the bridge to fire, the wormhole is destroyed, and Priya vanishes. So all of this was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like there's the teleportation device, which he just put into his drawer. Yep. So he still has the future tech. I don't know if that ever comes, if, it, if it'll ever come back up. Or, or if, if it'll- it's still there mm-hmm. so there is that and then this opens up a whole bunch of stuff for me yep do they even remember that any of this happened yeah so one of my big things with this episode even though i like it is that their time travel logic is kind of flawed 
Yeah. Because if Priya and Ed never met, as she says will be the case, then Priya never saves the Orville from the Dark Matter Storm and they all die. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't vanish, everything actually makes more sense. So the fact that they remove her is the problem. Because as soon as she's gone, then everything else would have gone. The memories of her would have gone. The teleportation mm-hmm. thing would have gone. They would have died instantly. Or like they would be in that part of the universe. Oh, you're right. Now, okay. Because it would have been like Priya disappears and then they're like, why are we here in this part of space? Right. Because technically, would they they have been past? No, they wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. There, there's a lot here that it's, just it's doesn't weird. Quite... It's strange yeah. logic. If she doesn't disappear, everything is okay in my brain yeah. because then it goes by the uh there are different like ways that you go with time travel like different logics that people use but if you keep her there it maintains the logic of you can't actually change anything in the past to influence the future because as soon as you go from the future to the past that past is now your future so you don't like just disappear like you just live in that time now which i thought should be uh the case for priya and Priya's a good character. Yeah. Even if she's not like the most likable character, she's not supposed to be. She's an interesting character and getting rid of her feels like a bit of a waste too. Well, the thing is like she's technically still in the future. Technically, yes. We think because this we could think. change everything. One thing that does kind of make sense then or supports your theory is that she was lying about the dark matter storm. Oh, right. So they're alive anyway. Yeah. So that's actually really interesting when you think about it, because I, I, they don't tie up anything like Priya disappears. And my immediate thing that I wrote down was like, wait, does he not remember her? Would no one know why they were at that place in space? Mm-hmm. Like the wormhole would be gone. But with that logic, they would have died because of they were supposed to die. And Priya never came back to save them in that storm. Right. Unless it was. The setting them, delaying them is what put them or, through the dark matter. Or, or Priya had some tech on her that she didn't reveal that allowed her to disappear at that moment. Oh. I mean, I know it's a stretch. I don't feel it's likely, but that doesn't mean it's impossible because it's a sci-fi mm-hmm. show and we don't know. They could totally yeah. do that. Or she had something on her, which obviously she's from the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe she had some sort of technology that they didn't know or didn't pick up on. And because he destroyed the wormhole, she timed something at the right time. (laughs) And maybe she's still in their time frame. Yeah. But she tried to at least control that aspect of her demise. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I know. There's a lot of unanswered stuff. That's the thing with sci-fi, though, that's so great is that, like, even if you can't explain it, there's probably a reason somewhere yeah her her suggestion that if he destroys the wormhole then he'll revert back to the guy who couldn't get over his ex-wife that's either an idle threat or that means that they're all going to forget about her i still can't believe that she thought that they could have a relationship yeah just because like her switch she got so smug she called out that she pretty much used him to manipulate and gain his trust and then dupe them and then she's like i want to see where this goes mm-hmm. i just i mean ed would be foolish to even consider something like that yeah 
But like you said, like when after they're in the bed and everything and she has that smile, maybe there was an inkling of humanity in her, but she was more driven by getting the artifact oh, yeah. to the dealer. There's a lot with her disappearing, too, that seems a little bit wishy-washy. But I think that sometimes is the beauty of sci-fi shows is we get to yeah. figure it out or maybe we just will never know. But we can't you can't not like you can't dislike it because you're like, well, it's this future. I can't I don't know why that happened. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And unless they actually bring her back or mm-hmm. explain it in some way in the future, we really don't know. The first time I watched it, I felt like, oh, her character's gone forever. Yeah, same. But now that. This time I've watched, I was like, oh, wait, she could come back. She totally could. Yeah, because I was more overly critical of things and watching for more details and stuff. I, I There's a chance Priya could show up at some point at any time. I'd be happy to see her again. It'd be very different for sure. Yeah, but it would be a really interesting episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. What's your big takeaway from this episode? Oh, man, I my big takeaway is just it's trust issues (laughs) that like it shows that Ed maybe still isn't totally ready for command, but we're all human. Not command while his ex-wife is the XO, at least. Mm -hmm. I I guess like I didn't really have a big takeaway from the episode, just that I kind of mentioned like some of the things didn't quite add up or totally make sense, but that I, I feel overall it did move the character development forward. Mm-hmm. It did. I, I mean, I don't know. It was just, it was a good episode, but I don't, I didn't have much to say about it. That's okay. Sometimes yeah. a good episode can just be a good episode. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I, I, again, I'm not really sure their time travel logic completely holds up because we'd need a couple mm-hmm. questions answered in order to do so. Uh, but that aside, ultimately, I really like this episode. I thought it was a fun story. Uh, it had a nice little twist in it. And I thought mm-hmm. Priya was a really interesting character. So that was cool, too. I really enjoyed the kind of B-plot of the prank war going on yeah. between Gordon and Isaac. It felt very appropriate to not just this episode, but just like that's the kind of interaction I want to see with Isaac the most. Yeah. That kind of like trying to explore what it is about humans that make humans is what I liked about data. So of course I want to see Isaac go down that route and Isaac feels even further away than data did. Mm -hmm. So I feel like trying to teach him these things is going to be more disastrous, but that'll lend itself to the humor a lot more, which is interesting. I do wish there were actually more of the prank war in it Mm. because it's like a one back and forth. Like if Isaac did something first that was so mild it was like barely even a prank and gordon was like well okay but you gotta go bigger man like yeah get something (laughs) and that's what results in the leg amputation and then gordon (laughs) i think would know more Mm -hmm. because he kind of led him down that path and i think it fixes that little hole for me but i i just i enjoy any time sci-fi takes the time to explore different qualities of humanity yeah I wonder if they'll ever give an emotion chip to Isaac. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah, I enjoyed a lot of the aspects of the show. I think the prank war was a nice light, considering light getting your like leg taken off, but like a nice <laughs> light B plot to have amongst all this other stuff yeah. dealing with heavier issues. And, and technically it did lighten him up. So it did. I'm just going to make all the dumb jokes. <laughs> Yeah, the episode on a whole, I think it was really, I loved the visuals in it. I thought 
Priya was a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. I think what, I don't know. I know there's some plot holes and stuff, sure. but it, it's a very cool way to look at time travel and see that you could find a wormhole and just go back in time and retrieve things. Mm-hmm. Like someone who, someone else who could have found that could have screwed up so much in the world, the universe, if they used it for anything besides trying to be uh, discreet and totally. trying to get artifacts. So it that that is an interesting thing too. Like the fact that they shot it kind of like bummed me out because I'm like science. Like what if they wanted to research it more? But yeah. it also opens up a whole other set of problems but it is interesting that the only things that had been messed with is gathering artifacts Mm -hmm. i think there's a nod to a tng episode in this as well i don't know Mm -hmm. if you uh remember the one where there's a failed inventor from the past who stumbles upon a time machine gets on the enterprise he starts Mm -hmm. collecting all the things to bring back so that it seems like he's a great inventor it's kind of like that but like in the reverse as someone from the future coming back instead of Someone from the past coming to take future tech. Also, it was interesting. The alien ship was waiting at the wormhole. So they would know about the wormhole. Oh, yeah. They they totally know about it. But I think only certain people know how to manipulate it. Or it's like, oh, we're not going to do that. We're just a collector. We got the money. You got to be the grunt person mm-hmm. and go like pull off the heist. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I It was an interesting episode to kind of bring in some new characters to and show I think show off different personalities mm-hmm. without it being like centered, like focused on just the crew yeah. of the ship Yep. and how someone can just come in and mess with the dynamic and do a whole lot of stuff yeah. and a whole lot of damage. <laughs> but ultimately fun. Yeah. Before we get out of here, we have one more thing to do because Katie's husband, Mark, is another big fan of the show and likes to leave us with his one sentence review. Isaac, the master of pranks, always gets the leg up on his victims. Quantum Drive is a production of The Geek Generation. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts on The Geek Generation Network at thegeekgeneration.com. If you'd like to support the show and get access to exclusive bonus podcasts along with other perks, you can visit our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can follow Quantum Drive on Twitter at Quantum Drive Pod and me at the Rob Logan. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Twitch at Katie Peters Plays. And Katie is spelled K-A-T-I-E. Please rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we may read your review on an upcoming episode. Finally, questions and comments can be sent to quantumdrive at thegeekgeneration.com. We're out of here for now, but we'll see you soon in In the the future. future.